0: Are you ready? Can't work The New York Jets. can beat anybody in the world, and I think we're
1: going to win next Sunday. The, the New York Jets. I think Jeff fans. Jeff fans. Jeff, ends. Bird, Jeff Brady very passionate. Bird, Brady Bird.
0: Thank you, all you fans. They got their guy. Darnold falling to the Jets. Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold. That's
1: such an upside.
0: Darnold. I think Jeff fans. Very passionate. Brady Sons! do I want
2: Hello everybody and welcome to the latest edition of the Ain't Easy Being Green podcast Broadcasting to you live from beautiful, amazing, picturesque Crystal Lake Studios, nestled in Putnam Valley, New York. My name is Keith Farrell. We're coming at you on the Elite Sports Radio Network, as always, everyone. I am joined by my colleague and co-host, my confidant, the number one Jet fan in the state of Texas, Michael Lagaris, everybody. I like the nestled. like, like
3: What's up, Jet fans? How you doing?
2: Yeah, we're nestled in the bosom oh, yes. of Putnam Valley. <laughs> Enjoy, people, you know, you know his name, the man Uh-oh. behind the glass, former Division One tight end. The Majestic Beast, none other than
0: the big, stinking Wookiee, Nicholas Crom Everybody, nice to uh, be here again. Thanks for joining us. We should have a great show for you. And Wookiee, a sad day today.
2: Uh, In the news, yeah, we saw apparently. Peter Mayhew passed away. If you Ooh. don't know, listeners, Peter Mayhew was the original actor that played Chewbacca. Yep. Oh, your namesake here away. How do you feel? Do you want to? I'm gonna. I'm gonna just go ahead and give you the floor. Okay. I'm sorry. Just bring it up right away. I know you were a little upset earlier.
0: Go ahead, Wookie. Uh no, it's a tough one. It's a tough one when uh, the person that you've been nicknamed after the actual actor that plays uh, the, 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 who plays Chewbacca just say who, he plays plays who he is Chewbacca. And, um, it, you know, it's it's a little piece gone. So it's yeah. uh, it, you know. I don't mean to go dark right away, everyone. Yeah. I just had to get it in. Respect this, to the But it, it's okay. so
3: crazy. Rise of Skywalker is going to come out, and we're going to have to remember Princess Leia and Chewbacca. Both of them are gone. Yeah, wow.
2: Well, I wonder if looking for work. Yeah, you know, and Harrison, Harrison Ford's still kicking. uh We talked about doing another. Uh, uh, last week, if you listen to the show, everybody, now we know NFL Draft just popped off. Yep. We know we got some picks. We know we got Quentin. We know we got Jacob Polite. We're going to talk to Wookiee about Daniel Jones in a moment. Before we do that, last week, prior to the draft, we had a little battle between the Wookiee and Michael that be called the Mock. Madness that we did. Fifteen picks. These two gentlemen went head to head. Before they went head to head, Michael said that he was a prophet. Oh, he had a crystal ball. He knew what was going to happen. A lot of various different, you know, tentacles and spider webs of thoughts yeah. came out of Mike's mind as far as the draft goes. He got very detailed, creative. He did. Wookie went a little more conventional. Neither of you did well. No. I mean, let's just get out of the way. Even though you both had different approaches, both approaches didn't work. I felt it after
0: the, after the, fourth, after like the third or fourth pick, I'm like, oh,
2: there goes everything. 15 picks by the Wolves, 15 picks, 15 picks by Mike. Now, we got to talk to the interns, and we talked to some judges, and I got some people involved in this, because the very first pick in the draft, you both did get correct. Right. However, Mike thought it'd be with the Oakland Raiders. Okay. So you, do you still give him it? And I say you have to still give Mike the
0: point. Yeah, he picked the player. Because he got the player right. Right.
2: If that's right. how we just have to give it to Absolutely. him. Absolutely. So you both got that right, you both got the second pick correct.
0: Okay, good. That's a That's, of, okay. that's
2: After that, guys, Uh-oh. after those two picks right there, um, it just went downhill for everyone. Now, Wookie, you did get the third pick, right? Okay. Quentin Williams. Yep. Michael, you had Dwayne Haskins here. You had Redskins trade go on. Mm-hmm. He uh, so got Devin Bush right at 10. Still, again, not to the right team because he went to the Steelers. We're going to give it to Mike. Of course, he picked the right guy. But the Wookiee got those first three picks right. And Cleland.
3: And I got Cleveland. I got Wilkinson to the uh, to the Dolphins. And he did stand. And, yeah, and, and Wookiee Wookie, Wookie got that yeah, right, too. Wookie got that one right, too.
2: Either way, the Hawkinson pick by the Wookiee. Ah, oh, Alliance, that's good. the game changer. That's the big one. Mike I knew the tight end was gonna help me out. Mike went ahead with Montez Sweat. <laughs> Wookie comes <laughs> in with the Hawkins pick. Boom! Ends up taking the first ever mock man challenge by a single pick. Over a big Mike. one. Both you guys tried your best and you made it better, entertaining last week. But it goes to show you, even Mel okay. Kiper and McShane, If you look at their mocks, they didn't do very well either, did they? Mm-hmm. So I mean, these things are hard to do, the Marginally Because what I'm what on. happens, guys, is the butterfly effect of one pick happens yeah. that's unexpected yeah. and it kind of cascades down the rest of the draft, right? You know what I mean? So. The guys, hats
0: off to both of you. Hey, nice job, Mike. Will he, will it,
3: it's me, just, guys? so how do you account for a GM taking Cleveland Farrell with the fourth pick? I mean, or Daniel Jones with the sixth pick. That's so far out there, you would yeah, never guess that.
2: now, past tense now, you're not going to listen to it now. Yeah. We, were on a lot, we were on a show, the Jets Factor podcast last week, live during the draft, joined CJ on the show there, about the first 15, 20 picks. While we were with CJ, obviously the sixth pick went down, we were all talking <laughs> about it, banding about who what the Giants might Take? Or are they going to take White? Or are they going to take Oliver? Or are they going to take Sweat? Or are they going to take maybe someone we're not thinking of? You know, uh, Josh, uh, Josh Allen. Josh Allen. No, exactly, guys. That's who we thought because he kind of fell to the Askins. Off. But no, that, that's not the way the Giants went and you, you weren't happy. Not at all. You weren't happy then. Have you moved on? Have you come to terms with it? Uh, we're a week removed from it now. How do you feel?
0: Uh... I don't know. I, I obviously it was the heat of the moment. I, I'm still not sold whatsoever on it, but I, I have no other. And there's nothing else I can do, and I can't believe I'm saying there's nothing else I can do besides trust Gettleman at this point, which I I, I can't. I I don't trust him as far as I can. Tell. How
3: how do you trust a guy who continues to try and fight and and talk about how he's been to Super Bowls and that's why he's such a good GM? I mean, when you're defending yourself you're already in a bad spot. And, the, you know, that, pe- I, we just heard a report from T- Schechter uh, saying that that Daniel Jones probably would have been there at thirty when the when the Giants drafted, like they that no other team was going to draft him. I mean that pick is inexcusable.
0: But yeah, but that also goes other ways. There are reports where there was two teams that were going to draft him. Nobody, the, no, knows. no. That's actually
2: to tell you what the truth. There wasn't reports. There was just Gettleman it was said just that. There was just Gettleman. Reports. And then that got reported. Got it. That's not the same thing. As, I'm not trying. Right. To, I'm not trying to be a right. jerk. But you have to look at it. Gettleman said at a press conference. Not a single source anywhere. Right. Besides him saying that just made it up. Has confirmed that. So that does sound yeah. like BS to me, or it sounds like maybe he believes that and he got played. Right. Right. And who yeah, knows, what knows what the hell happens? We, we, Wookie. <coughs> Wookie's, look, 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 Wookie's not someone we have to convince of this pick, Mike, because he wasn't bored to begin with anyway. So I mean, no. Wookie wanted Allen, and we know how that went. Wookie wanted Darnold to the Giants last year, huh. so he seems like with the Giants, he's really in the right mind. Let's get right back into it with the New York Jets. How we feel about the Jets, Mike? My first initial thoughts: I do think there's some minor improvements here, just right off the bat, even though we haven't seen these guys play yet. Just so everyone knows, Mike's actually recording tonight from Baghdad. (laughs) 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 Bombs
3: (laughs) over Baghdad! (laughs)
2: Yeah, guys, but the New York Jets draft, right there at the top, Quentin Williams, Mike. He had the the Dr. Evil outfit on at the draft. Mr. Evil. Dr. Evil. He's Full head-to-toe, gray outfit, turtleneck up, but we know, we know the skill level. First team All-American, 6'3", 303, Mike, and I got all the stats there. 20 tackles for a loss, 10 sacks, workhorse, he had the highest interior lineman grade on PFF in the past six or seven years, so... Um, this is a mega prospect. Maybe oh, no. the best player in the draft. No brainer there. Three to me, Mike. We talked about it on the pre-show. Who I wanted the just to take. It was Quentin Williams. I think he's the best player in this draft. I think he's a difference maker right away his rookie season. How'd you feel about the pick?
3: I was laughing because I was hearing all these Jet fans saying, Oh, we took Muhammad Wilkerson. We took uh, all these different d- defensive tackles. How come we keep taking defensive tackles? And I, th- I think to myself and I say... Do you remember back in 2003 when the Lions drafted Charles Rogers, wide receiver? This was Matt Miller. And then they drafted Roy Williams in 04. And then they drafted Mike Williams in 05. He just kept drafting wide receivers. And it was like, what the hell are they doing? Well, guess what happened in 2007? Exactly. So, So, remember, the draft is not about... Filling holes immediately for your team. If your team is deficient in a certain spot, like a center, like us, or whatever, you know, it's great if a quality player is there that could fit, fill that hole, but the draft is for longevity. It's for looking into the future. It's for finding the best talent that you know that is going to one day substitute so you don't have to go out and pay for a CJ Mosley. You already have one, just chilling, ready to take the spot, Right. So I just think that McCagnon at the first pick did phenomenal and he got the best player on the board. And Quinnen Williams could be the Megatron of defensive tackles. We'll see. I'm not saying he is or isn't, but just because you got just because you got a bunch of defensive tackles in the past doesn't mean you don't stake the best player on the board, and that's what Mike Mcagnon did. So ha- kudos to him.
2: They had Allen there. They could have taken at three. Okay. Now Allen went a little further down the first, as we know. But you know, when you, when you talk about these edge rushers, we got a guy in the third round in Jakai Polite, and we'll get back to Quinnen in a moment. But if you just look at the tape, you look at the stats he put up. Similar stats, pretty much to Allen. Right. In some ways, superior stats. He had six forced fumbles, led, led the nation in forced fumbles last year. Seventy-five a tack- seventeen and a half tackles for a loss, eleven sacks in thirteen games for Ja'Kai Polite. It seemed like to me, you know, he to me is a same level prospect to a degree. Just he had some issues with the combine, came in much heavier than he should have been, had a hamstring injury. All these intangible things teams look at, right? He failed all those, okay? But you look at the tape on Ja'Kai Polite, you look at the first step, you look at the skill set, you know, he has all different types of rushing moves, He's great pursuit. You look at that, it, it, he's not a guy who necessarily in the combine showed out what his actual skill level is, and it almost benefits the Jets in a way that did happen,
3: because he fell to us in the third round. Ja'Kai Polite, honestly, was my favorite pick in this draft, and again, we're going to go over a lot of these picks uh, soon, break them down to a granular level. Um, but you're right I completely agree With what you said And if Hold on a second What the hell? Mike is thunder.
2: You know what? I think he's at um, The Overlook Hotel right now That's he? where he is Jack Nicholson's downstairs On a typewriter I was
3: just hearing people Like crying outside I was like What the hell? I just wanted to Yeah
2: I heard it I like, was like That's not done That's now, people Mike, screaming for help Mike if you, Let me just say If you step into the hallway And you look down the hallway At the end of it There's two twin girls Staring back at you Run Yep. You are in the Overlook And oh, definitely
0: so. don't Google them right now. Because <laughs> they <it's>
2: scary. <laughs> Mike's like, I haven't seen The Shining. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> but
0: Mike, g- getting back to Quinnen
2: for a second. what you? W- I wanna, we'll go through, maybe throw a, little, a grade on these picks as we go through. So for me, quitting at the third pick, Quinnen to me was an A, no-brainer. All the different things he's going to bring to the team. Great hands, blocks, and they try to redirect you. He kind of just destroys and goes, runs right, right. through you to harass the quarterback.
3: Yeah, I think he absolutely is an A, and the reason why, basically, is his versatility. He could play in the 3-4, four, the 4-3. Four, he could play at the one technique, three technique, five technique. the move them all around, do different schemes with him. Greg Williams is going to have him as a force, and he's going to help Leo Williams, I believe, to go ahead and reach his potential. And you're going to blind him up against a bunch of centers and force the uh, Pressure up the middle, and guess what? You get Jaukai Polite coming from the side. Man, the Jet defense could be ridiculous. I mean,
0: and Will um I, I can uh, Williams Williams on the field at the same time as two interior linemen. Oh, that's what the plan. That's that is. a fucking problem for anybody. Well, yeah, that's the plan. And like oh, okay. what
2: Mike said, uh, what, what Mike mean? said is like last year Leo Williams. He meant he had. To give him one good set because like, we really got on his case a lot, Mike, me and you, Leo Williams. And one thing, I'll, and you've mentioned this in the past, and I'll say to We did. He we did, did have 53 pressures last year in the quarterback. Now, he didn't get the sacks, okay? But pressures is a stat that sh- pe- people shouldn't really overlook. Right. Because that usually does affect the play. Yep. So, and that, that was, for him, that's sixth of any interior defensive lineman in the league. So, that's, that's actually pretty good. Now, you add Quinton Williams to the mix. Hello. Someone you have, you're going to have to account for. Yep. Because there's no... You know, when you look at centers, and then you look at this dude, athleticism-wise... Not many. They're not going to really match up. Nope. Uh, the guards in the NFL, obviously, a whole different level than what he was facing in the SEC. But the SEC, is that's a top level of football in college. And he didn't just... Mike, he didn't just play well last year. I mean, he absolutely dominated every single game he was in. Including the National Championship game, which they didn't win the game. But, I mean, he was just a monster all year. But our line's been... You know, our line was a little suspect last year. So, I mean, a tremendous grade... And on NFL.com, it was the highest rated prospect of any prospect they had. Highest rated prospect of in this, uh, the third highest rated prospect on PS, on Pro Football Focus. So, I mean, I, I don't think you could really go wrong with this pick. I know for some people it might be boring because we've drafted defensive linemen in the past and we have Leo. But, I mean, dude, there's a reason those players are the ones in the NFL that make the most money. Players that make the most money are the players that at GMs. Think impact the game the most. That's how it works, Mike. It's pretty simple, right? So, quarterbacks, defensive ends, these beast defensive players on the line usually get paid, the top, top ones, because those guys are different right, difference makers, and most teams don't have a standout guy on the line that's affecting every single play, right. like an Aaron Donald from the middle, oh, um, man. you know, or a JJ Watt. Not that, he's not saying he's a Watt. He has played actually defensive end. He's 303, so he's not gonna probably be an end. But he did play defensive end in Alabama a little bit too. And he had to bulk up to get to 303, they said. So I mean he has someone with the speed
3: of um, great pick. Yeah, and let me ask you something. So Mac, you know, he did his thing. We'll talk about the draft here. But what were your feelings about the stories that came out day three with Mac and, and Gace power struggle in the Fact that they were talking about maybe firing Mac right after the draft.
2: Yeah, that this this all was very confusing to me because when they had the introductory press conference of Adam Gase, now we know crazy it eyes was bizarre, and we know his you know his eyeball gate. It was the crazy eyes press conference. The crazy eyes. during that press conference, Adam Gase they asked a lot of tough questions by the New York media, and he said during that press conference he you know basically um, referred to. Control a 53 man roster and some of those personnel moves he was involved in in Miami. How with the Jets, he was going to be removed from that process to make it so he can just coach. You know? So, and I'm not saying a coach shouldn't have some say about who's on his roster. Obviously, they do it, and obviously, they should. But if you're going to sit down in a press conference, and that was, you know, when he was in Miami, one of the issues that he had was that, I mean, he rubbed everybody the wrong way. (laughs) And some people do that. He even had somehow rubbed the owner the wrong way. They had a personal interaction that was negative. So if you're going to be standoffish in Miami and that's your rep, you come to the Jets. You have a press conference. It seems good. And, uh, you're already somehow butting heads with right. Mike and, you know, the third And we're in the third third day of the draft, and we're hearing this. You know, like it's not an opportune time for you to be butting heads with people. Um, that's usually a stress. It can be semi stressful time for teams. Who does, who should they take? Who shouldn't they take? And, I don't know, to me, Mike, it's just another red flag. Well,
3: uh, there's an article that Manish made it put out on the Daily News. It's a really good article, and people were really pondering this because when it came to the war room pictures and what was going on, Gase was nowhere to be found. When they were calling the player, it was only really Mike McCagnin and Chris Johnson. Gase wasn't there. And people are like, oh wow, so these reports are coming out. So the, report, the reports report supposedly are bogus and potentially started by insiders that work under Mike Heimerdinger, according to some who say. But um, if you read Manish's report, um, the Mike McCagney and Gace get along just fine. Gace never. Join the war room or call the players like uh, like we're used to. That's just he did the same thing over there in Miami. And what what uh, Manish made is saying is that he wasn't in the war room because his chair was outside of the camera's view. Um, he what that's that's what the article says. But it says that they didn't agree on all the players, but they have a healthy debate, and there is no issues inside. Um, so this is just hearsay and you know what? Let's see what happens. I mean, obviously we've heard about his rep from Miami. So we're all going to be, you know, a little bit wary of what he says or does, but it seems that this was all about nothing.
2: Yeah, I mean much to do about nothing That's the way the media works Now you get people invested in something that might not even be true And then they think it's true They run with the narrative and the Gaze has a negative reputation coming out of Miami in many ways Do I know if there's a problem with the two of them or not? I have no idea you know, it could be complete nonsense. So, ho- hopefully, it's not the case, Mike, and hopefully, everything is uh, copacetic now with them. The Jets could just move on to this year and not have to worry about their coach being a jerk to everybody. We do have some help breaking down some of these picks. Our NFL draft expert, Ben Richardson, Michael. We're gonna break these picks down, guys. We got—we um, already talked about Quentin a little bit, but let's get through to the rest of the picks. Everyone else we went through. We got a—you uh, know—I think a really good fifth-round pick that might be a low guy most people don't know about. Talk about him too, Blake Cashman, 2019 New York Jets draft.
1: Hey,
0: The situation, uh, ain't got heavy on it. All
2: right, Michael. So let's see. We talking about Quinnen. We heard our thoughts a little bit. We'll give some final thoughts in a moment. Let's see what Ben has to say about our pick.
1: What up, Jet fans? With the third pick, the Jets take Quinnen Williams. I really like this pick. I it felt like it didn't fill an immediate need. Along your defensive line However A talent this good In the draft You couldn't pass up With the number three Overall pick So once again You guys are lucky enough To grab the best player In the draft At the number three position Two years in a row A little bit about Quinton Williams He's Six foot three 300 pounds He's a rusher junior From the University of Alabama Had a great year 40 time Was 4.83 He had a vertical Of 30 inches Which is solid For a 300 pounder And a broad jump Of 9 foot 4 inches He didn't have to Participate in the rest Of the combine drills Because he really Didn't need to His tape spoke for his And the fact that he ran a sub 5:40 at 300 pounds puts him at a level as a a prospect you just cannot pass up. He was consistently rated as a top three player overall. Many having him number one. I felt like he was the best player in the draft, and you guys got him at number three, so that was good for McTaggart. His strengths: he could play multiple positions along the defensive front—one tech, two tech, four tech, five tech—making him a fit for any system. Whether he wants, whether Greg Williams wants to stick with his four-three, or he wants to explore three-four. Quentin Williams is a plug-and-play for any system. plays with exceptional balance and body positioning, even while engaged in the trenches, using exceptional hand movement to prevent initial punches and shed blocking linemen, keeping adequate separation while finding and closing running lanes and moving the QB off his initial stance, which is why he had 19.5 tackles for a loss. He also had seven sacks and one safety, and 71 tackles at the defensive tackle position is just insane for, for the 2018 season. He has an exceptional bull rush, using length and balance along with great leverage to overpower blockers and locate the QB and running backs. Weaknesses. Uh, not an exceptional athlete when it comes to strength. And he only had one year of production. But due to the line depth at Alabama, um, it's it's understanding why he only had one year of production. Because of all the defensive tackles that were drafted in the past that came before him that he had to sit behind. Overall, although he's not the strongest, he does possess plenty of power, quickness, and football IQ. Technique and work ethic become an exceptional player in this league. Quentin Williams allows for Greg Williams to run multiple fronts. And he is sub-package proof, allowing him to stay on the field for all three downs. Especially third long, I think you have your Defensive tackle For years to come
2: We're very happy to hear That Benny give us His thumbs up Like he said He might not be you know, The strongest But his power quickness, his IQ On the field Tremendous For our defensive coordinator right. Who's going to be Using multiple packages And trying to be deceptive And even though We're going to run a 3-4 He'll probably disguise things Run a 4-3 here and there Also Waves is a great guy to have, and like like Bennett said, he's going to be a good guy to add to those packages, you can use them all over the place, right. multiple fronts and things like that. I don't know, Mike, just just like Bennett said, I'm stoked.
3: He may not be an exceptional athlete, maybe like uh, an Oliver, right? But you can look at guys who are great athletes, but that doesn't mean they're going to be great players. I mean, the way in uses his overall movement, his hands, his feet, it's, it's just extremely efficient. He's already years ahead of a lot of these different rookies as far as how he's using all of his, his short bursts, his, his create instant wins at point of attack. His strength is, is okay, like Bennett was saying, but he'll show up on Sunday and be able to just do what he's got to do because of his technique. And a guy like this who's polished the way he is... Um, it's just going to be a value for any team, and I'm really happy he's here. I've heard a couple of scouts say that that Aaron Donald is the only other recruit that they saw that had this type of technique and skill at this young of age. So his strengths um, really, he's, he steps, he adjusts his hands and body positioning according to the bo- blocking scheme that's a strength. That's awesome. So how a guy is trying to block him, he'll adjust to that guy. He's not, he's not being, uh, reactive or he's being, he is being reactive, but he's able to study you and then switch it up. Like how a pitcher could see a a certain batter the first time. And then the second time he just adjusts and knows where to put the ball. So that batter doesn't hit him or vice versa you know what i'm saying he could do that on the line so i'm really excited to have quinnon he seems like a really nice kid like you said he looked like dr evil
0: honestly throw me a bone here
3: <laughs> the day you drafted him with the <laughs> he got the braces on and oh, everything man. man but he looks like a really good kid and to have a really good talent and a really good person too you can't beat that keith
2: in a different way one of the reasons kai polite slid in the draft is because some of the questions about him as a person, I should say, just right. the way his, some of his interviews went, his accountability, Mike, when it came to him playing on the field, some of the mistakes he made. Like, if you're not going to be accountable as a, as a player in any sport, or even as a person, right. as a human being then you don't really learn. You don't really grow. You don't really move forward from whatever the mistake you might have done was. Yep. And that's not necessarily something you want to have attached to you. Now, but Jakarta Polite, we got him 68th overall pick, Mike, third round, fourth pick of the third round. Talked about him a little bit just now. We got him out of Florida, 13 games, 11 sacks. Came to the combine, 20 pounds overweight. 40, his 40-time 40 obviously suffered. We heard afterwards maybe he had a hamstring injury also. I'm not sure if that's true or not. But, you know, his stats were pretty good. And as I said earlier, kind of comparable stats to Josh Allen in the same conference. So um, he's someone that we really needed. And I know his meetings at the Combine and his, his actual Combine stats went, lowered his stock. But, if they can get him to play the way, to, you know, just potential the way that we saw, we'll get to Bennett audio in a second, but that's kind of what Bennett alluded to and you're going to hear him speak about Polite in a moment. If he can play to his potential, then that probably is a steal there in the third round. So I'm going to give this pick even a B. Solid B. Potential there, Mike. Like, first round potential was a top 20 player before the year started. Kind of slid down the border as the year went on. What do you think about it, Mike?
3: This is my favorite pick in the entire draft for the Jets. Florida, where he played at, they would let players get away with all types of stuff if they were really good. So he really didn't have any accountability. Sometimes he didn't show up to meetings. He was immature. Now what I will say is this he was immature. He wasn't a criminal. He wasn't killing people like the tight end Aaron Hernandez was. Right? He wasn't beating beating he wasn't beating people up or smash you know, he just was being an immature child okay and he did come overweight and he did show up to the combine not prepared and you can blame his agent all you want but he wasn't being a professional but i'll tell you right now his tape really there was only he was in the category with montez sweat and brian burns as an edge rusher this guy like bennett said 11 sacks 19 and a half tackles for a loss 45 tackles in 13 games played for the florida gators This kid's production and motor is tremendous, and I trust we have the man Greg Williams to get this dude to be a monster in just one year of big-time production. He's an extinctive rusher with natural feel for attacking the pocket. This is natural, not something you need to teach. He already has it. He has frightening speed off the edge on the tape, missing in his pre-draft workouts um you know off the edge and on tape it was just insane and the game tape shows the ability to rush the passer with fluid and diverse attack the kid is an absolute talent and i feel that greg williams has the ability to make sure to keep this kid straight and become a professional remember he's only 21 years old not not too much older than sam was when he got drafted um but his pass rusher attack Like I said, is instinctive and diverse. He's blazing off, getting off the table for success. He's fluid-moving. He has bend. Remember that bend radius we talked about? bend radius. The
2: always important bend radius. Absolutely.
3: Absolutely. He's able to stack the rush moves on top of each other, and he has explosive burst. So this dude, I give this an A for where they got him. And when you're in the third round, let me just say this real quick. When you're in the third round... You have to take chances, okay? This is where you grab talent if a guy was injured, if a guy had character issues, okay? This is the place where you swing for the fences because if you can get a first-round talent here, it's a win-win. And God help the league if, ja- if Polite and Quinn and Williams live up to what they did th- their last year in college because... there's going to be trouble. (laughs) I agree. Let's hear what Ben has to say about it.
1: So the Jets didn't have a second round pick. They traded that pick away in 2018 for their future franchise quarterback, Sam Darnold. So in 2019, in the third round, the 68th pick, Jets select Jaka a 6'3", 250-pound edge from the University of Florida. Now, Jaka started out as a top 20 player, many scouts having him the fourth best pass rusher. The general consensus was he's a number 16 overall. However, in his interviews, he turned off a lot of teams due to his lack of accountability, which when he was asked about certain decisions on the field, he really didn't own up to mistakes or the learning process. He kind of just made excuses for why he did what he did. Then he tested poorly in the drills, and this could have been due to his playing weight during the 2018 season, was around 240 245 pounds. He showed up at 18 pounds heavier, and his 40 times suffered along with his vertical, which then he proceeded to shut down the rest of his workouts. So his pro day comes around, he runs an even slower 40 at 5.04 seconds, and that was attributed to a hamstring injury. So his stock sank even more, which is why he was the 4th pick in the 3rd round. And the Jets were able to snag him along with a serious need in their defense off the board at the edge rush. His strengths. In 2018, he had 11 sacks, 19.5 tackles for a loss, and 45 tackles in 13 games played for the Florida Gators. On film, he has a natural first step with closing speed, quickness, and the flexibility to bend at the edge. Very good hand movement and uses his length to keep blockers off and set up the counter moves while maintaining great footwork through blockers. Weaknesses. Doesn't have the strength to set the edge at the NFL level. Doesn't always finish tacklers due to sloppy technique. He also had poor preparation for the pre-draft process, including bad interviews. And added weight was not done properly, giving him the appearance of a soft physique. Overall, the Jets needed an edge, and he fills the need. Part of the combine, he was considered a top 20 talent. So there's value there, and hopefully the Jets' coaching staff can get the player on film to show up rather than the player that bombed the combine.
2: Yeah, so Mike Bennett kind of mirrored some of the stuff that we said. We um, We had to fill this need. We did, you know, he was considered a top talent before the year started, the values there, I and mean, hopefully with Greg Williams at the helm, he'll be able to get this kid thinking correct. I mean, some of his technique, Bennett mentioned, uh, isn't amazing, which is something that can be coached, hopefully, right. you know, and something that can be coached out of him, and, you know, you, Mike, you really got to some of the stats on him, and I think, you know, tremendous pick for the Jets there at the top of the third round. End of the third round, UFC. Right tackle Chume Odaga got drafted. Six foot three, three hundred eight pounds. Mike, Pac-10 All Second Team. I don't think this is someone that necessarily you're looking at. It's you, you're looking at that's going to be an elite offensive lineman, but he could be a guy. I mean, one thing that worries me when I saw the pick, the guy they compared him to was Kelvin Beachum,
0: and I'm like,
2: and I'm like, that's not a good sign because this is a jabroni. We're trying, we're trying to replace Kelvin Beachum. And the NFL comparison was Kelvin. Beach. Wait, 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 wait! What the f*** are we doing? Now, I, now, this guy, this guy's not going to probably be a left tackle, but at the same token, he may not end up being a guard. But what do you think, Mike? You think it's a good pick? He played with Sam in the past. Good run blocker. Pretty decent quickness. Long arms. He's pretty fast too. He was a he was a hundred meter runner in high school for a big guy, which is ridiculous. So, what do you think, Mike? Let
3: me give the backstory about this pick uh, and why we gave up a seventh round pick to move up one spot to draft Adoga. So Meta, he had he in his story, he was talking about Mike McCagnan and the war room and what the Jets were thinking in the draft. And I don't know if you guys know this, but they the Jets were almost gonna trade with the Colts to move up 30 spots to take cornerback Rock Yassin. Not a not a lineman, not a not a they were going to take cornerback Rock Yassin, and the Colts didn't do it, and the Colts ended up taking Rock Yasin. Later on in the draft, they were going to trade up 12 spots with the Eagles. The trade was set, it was already agreed on. What happened? The Chiefs got wind of that trade and they moved up uh, um, and took Hardman with the week so they, because the Jets wanted to get Hardman, Miko Hardman. And the Chiefs went and jumped in front of them and took him. That's who they were targeting. So it wasn't, again, not a lineman. Look at where Max's head is. He's not dying for a center. He went after a cornerback, and then he went after a receiver. So then when uh, Adoga came around, the Adoga pick came around, the Jets were getting upset because all the guys that they were targeting were getting taken. They liked Adoga. He was one of the players they liked. So they traded up. With the Rams to to get him, and he honestly, this is the way I think Mike Mcagnon is looking at it. You've got Shell and you've got Beecham who are going to be free agents next year, so we're going to potentially have to replace both of them and also try to find a center. So I believe in his mind, he's going to go grip Adoga, give him a year to learn and see what the deal is, and hopefully. He could go in and replace one of the two of them so he doesn't have to look for two or three spots, right? And if you look, Adoga is very similar to Polite in the way of he's athletic and he has incredible footwork. Um, But the problem with him was that he is not someone who they think really loves football. He took himself off the field twice in a game. Okay. He, yeah, yeah, this is some concerns. This is, this is character, this is, this is character issues. Yes. Um, But if you're talking about, but look, if you're talking about talent, talent and size, Adoga has it. He has the talent just like Polite does. So it's going to be up to the coaching staff. Sam Darnold also, you already know he had to vouch for him. They wouldn't have drafted him if Sam didn't vouch for him. So Sam vouched for him. And it's going to be up to the, I look at Gase and his coaching staff and say, get this kid in shape because you got a guy who is talented. He has this, he's very, very quick off his feet. So the moment they hike that ball, his feet move and he's put in the position real quick. That's awesome. Do you know how many times these guys have cinder blocks on their feet? They slow move in. They get blasted off the edge. This guy moves. He's quick and he's good with his hands. So I like the, the talent. Um, and I like the fact that he played with Sam. I understand what Mac is doing here. I believe, from a strategy standpoint, was there better picks at the time? Yes, you can argue there were better picks that they could have got at the time. I'm willing to see the fact that Mac took a took an offensive lineman finally in the first three pick, first three rounds. The last time he did that was was uh when when was the last time he did that? I don't even think he's done that.
2: Let's hear what Ben has
3: to say about it
1: the second pick in the third round the Jets trade up one spot and grab senior offensive tackle Chuma Idoga from the University of Southern California now I think one of the reasons why he was a prospect that the Jets were targeting was he actually blocked for Sam Darnold his junior year so there's some kind of chemistry already between him and Darnold although I do think that this particular pick is a project and I don't foresee him being a starter right away unless he approves a lot of technique during training camp. His strengths are he has quick feet with the ability to come out of his stance into a slide making it difficult for edge rushers to get by his exceptionally long arms. He had 34 and 3 quarter inch long arms. There could be some versatility in this game through his size and lateral movement. He has the speed to pull and get to the second level of the block as a guard in the second level. So he's a very athletic offensive lineman. His body type and athleticism gives him a potentially high upside. His weaknesses, he's not very strong. And and has very little initial punch. He's also short for an NFL offensive tackle. He's only 6'3", but he does have 34 and three quarter inch arms. And his lower body is weak for an NFL guard as well. Due to his average lower body strength, he gives up too much ground and is overpowered by the bull rush with stronger defensive linemen. He has difficulty finding blockers at the second level. Often gets lost when running screens and pulling looking for defenders to block. Loses focus at times, especially when there's not a defender lineman directly in front of him. Overall, Didoga is a project, but due to his familiarity with Sam Darnold, this could speed up his ability to start in this offense. He has the athletic tools to be a starter, caliber tackle. If he gets stronger, he could play guard, but his technique and game IQ aren't there yet. Also, he was only ever a right tackle at USC in four years, so I wouldn't expect him to become the next franchise left tackle for the Jets
2: overall consensus is you know, he, he kind of opened my eyes on some things when it comes to Adobo some of his weaknesses at least but it's that you know he will be a project but he did play with Sam which is going to be helpful they have some familiarity with each other um, probably won't ever be a left tackle he might not be big enough he's not the biggest what, what's his height what's he coming in at my year, six 6'3 so for a tackle in the NFL that's not the biggest does have really long arms so that's good am I moving the guard you know I mean you know Bennett doesn't think it's the worst pick in the world and he, he has because of his speed there's upside there right Let's See, so if he can get bigger get stronger and he does have his head in the game, Mike, which is something that does concern me with what you just mentioned. Like I said, he did run the 100 meters in high school for a big giant dude over 300 pounds. That's kind of nuts. Yeah. So he is pretty fast. We need to get as many good offensive line as we can for Sam. I don't know if this is going to be someone that's going to really help the line this year at all. I mean, hopefully... The guys that we have, we'll start out ahead of him, or we can grab someone in the, when the summer comes along here, Mike. But let's go on to our next pick. This, this to me, this was just this was a head scratcher for me, Mike. This pick right here. Trevon Wesco, tight ends, 6'4", 267, tight ends. I know this dude, they basically drafted him to block, Mike. I get it. Good blocker, jacked, aggressive on the line. Could be a tremendous special teams player. Totally understand that, bro. But when they drafted this dude, Really, still out there They can still draft A pretty decent receiver yeah. And this dude Had 26 catches last year The year before that He had one year before that He had one So he had 28 catches His entire college career So you basically Used a fourth round pick yeah. To draft a blocking Tight end What, what the f*** right. That's what we did This year in the NFL draft Like, And when I drafted him I didn't know too much About him His stats So I didn't know So I wasn't gonna judge them When I went Got home And looked at my phone And looked him up I'm like Hold on a second this dude has one touchdown his entire college career. Really? I mean, oh, okay. uh, and he's nasty, and he's going to be a good blocker. And right. he'll probably maybe play fullback too. But I got—I guess an H back because he could switch around, Mike. Because right. he'll be switching all over the place. But I—I I know that that I didn't think it was the worst pick. He thinks he's a pretty good guy to be with Herndon. I just—I just don't get the pick. I just don't get the pick at all. To me, I'm not saying the guy's well, the worst player. I just don't get how you draft a, a blocking tight end in the NFL draft at the 120th pick right there when you, right. Can, you can use a lot of other good players on the board. Yep. That's a fourth-round pick you just use, on yep. this, dude. Where you have, Mike, all our other tight ends <laughs> besides Herndon, all they do is block. So, what am I missing, Mike? What is, what is your thoughts on this?
3: So, my thoughts are that I agree with you there was other talent that I think we where we could have gone here. I, I look at it this way. We look at where what's our greatest value on our team, our quarterback, and then who? Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell is going to be a tremendous value to us in this season coming up. Well, guess what? We don't have good blocking tight ends at all, actually. Eric Tomlinson is a disgrace, and this is his replacement, period. That's what this is. They're going to cut Eric Tomlinson, okay? Now... This guy is an incredible blocker And I understand where drafting him in the fourth round May not have been the best place to draft him So I'm not going to disagree there But I think that what Mac was trying to do here Was bring in a guy who was very strong, tough Had good hands had was Is able to complement Herndon Brings the value of run blocking Where he can run as an H-back And also as a tight end blocker to help with Le'Veon Bell's effectiveness and that's what I see that what this was this was to leverage and help one of our greatest weapons that we just brought in um, now obviously Leggett is not somebody who's a good blocker and neither, a Tom, Eric Tomlinson was our blocking tight end and Eric Tomlinson did a pretty good job two, year, two years ago of that but this year this last year he was terrible so that's what this pick is, and also he helps out very much on special teams. So you need to have really good blockers on special teams, and he's going to be a very big value for, for that unit as well. So I can't tell you that I'm really, really high on this pick, to be honest with you. It was my least favorite of, of the picks. But I do believe that he, if he is as good of a blocker... As they're saying, and he has the size and aggression, and he has the capability uh, to front and all these edge rushers that that they're that they're saying that he can do. So he can limit the the edge of other players. These guys that come off the edge and try to tackle Sam, they say he's very good at blocking those guys. So hey, we didn't get an offensive lineman. I think this is Mac trying to. to to win on two ends, so
1: I agree with you guys, but I also see the upside of the player.
2: All right, let's see how Bennett waited on this.
1: So with the 121st pick in the fourth round, the Jets Select, redshirt senior, tight end from West Virginia University, Trayvon Wesco. Trayvon Wesco is a high-energy football player that doesn't do anything the best, but he does a lot of things well. His strengths are he's strong at the point of attack while blocking with great footwork and leverage to the second level, as well as a blocker out of the backfield, or when lined up at the line of scrimmage. An unassuming athlete that gets open and catches the ball away from his body, always falling forward when tackled. He has a knack for finding open spots on the field, with strong hands to catch fastballs Rarely allowed the ball to get to his body. They can very reliable target over the middle of the field. Catches at a high rate through contact as well. Weaknesses, he's not very fast and has poor work, footwork in and out of his cuts on his routes, often rounding them off allowing defenders to adjust well, to poorly placed balls, and he lacks ideal speed to stretch the field. Overall, Trevon Westco will be a great complimentary tight end to Chris Herndon and may be considered an H-back, allowing him to shift from line to fullback, depending on the QB read. He's not very athletic, but he is a very good blocker and can provide some usage in the passing game. He plays with a very high energy and has gotten better every year. Bennett
2: it thinks he'll be a good call. Complimentary player there to Herndon. Basically, an H-back who shifts around from fullback to tight end depending on how the QB reads it. Not very athletic, good blocker, has some energy, can use him in the passing game. Ben said, you know, he kind of alluded to uh, several times, he's a good blocker, and that's pretty much what he does. He has 26 receptions over 13 games, which isn't really amazing. Probably wasn't really used in the passing game very often there in West Virginia. If he's someone that's going to come and help the running game in any way, shape, or form, and I just don't get it, then fine. But just to me, it just seems like a strange pick there in the fourth round. But this next pick, Mike, Blake Cashman, this pick I really, really dig by the Jets. Fifth round, 19th pick overall. He ran a 4-5 in the 40, Mike, Blake Cashman. This is somebody, he walked on in Minnesota. And he could have gone other places to play football, but he wanted to play there. He walked on. He, he was a walk on his first two seasons, gets a scholarship his junior year, doesn't even start until his senior year. So this is someone, by the time he started his senior year, real chip on his shoulder, Mike. Yeah. 6'1", 237 last year, 104 tackles, 15 for a loss, 2.5 sacks, 62 solo tackles. And also, if you see the interviews with him, good dude, right. smart kid, super motivated. Guys like him who walked on, they tend to always have that tip in their shoulder forever. I love this pick, Mike. Him, Wesco, there'll probably be two guys next year that'll be kind of the all-stars of the special team.
0: Yeah, you're right. That's exactly You know what,
3: man? I went and read a quote from him. His last game of the season last year, he was playing. He played against Northern Northwestern, and he said, "As I walked off the field, I grabbed some of the seniors and looked back at the stadium, knowing it was the last time I put on the maroon and gold." He said, "I took a view of TCF, and they, I was kind of overwhelmed with emotions. So I just wanted to go out there and win." And that guy that day had twenty tackles in one game. Twenty. The dude has this a. This kid.
0: Um- has
3: a crazy athleticism. He was actually, by some scouts, ranked the fourth best inside linebacker in the entire draft. He was injured early in his career. He had three shoulder, shoulder surgeries, two on one shoulder, one on the other. But this last year, he had recovered from all of that. And he just has a heart. He's really, really good in coverage. And do you know what I see when I see this pick? This is Darren Lee's replacement. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I see. That's what I see. And I think Darren <laughs> Lee is going to get traded now because this kid is going to be a special teams monster, like you said, and he's going to come in for special packages. Listen, literally, what did the Jets just do? They just paid CJ Mulligan Lee crazy money, right, to replace Lee as a starter, and now they just got Blake Cashman as their coverage line, middle linebacker. And now Lee is kind of sitting there, like uh, acting like Robert Kraft in a massage ball. So once again... The Patriots are embroiled in a scandal involving deflated balls.
2: You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, no, he does. Oh, yeah. He's, He's built everything. I, I love everything about it. Let's get, because I want to get to what. Bryce Pop? Yeah, exactly. I want to get to what Bennett said real quick, because uh, I agree kind of with his overall analysis right here.
1: With the 157th pick in the fifth round, the Jets select Blake Cashman, linebacker. Minnesota Blake Cashman is a solid tackler, plays with a competitive edge, and high-energy, high-effort motor. recognizes plays well, and above-average athlete. His weaknesses, though, although he recognizes plays well, he's hesitant with his decision-making, waiting for plays to develop, and he doesn't have the athleticism to make up for that delay. Overall, Blake provides depth at linebacker and will be a good special teams contributor with solid tackling and above-average athleticism. He could develop into a spot starter, but he doesn't have those abilities yet.
0: So he's
2: a very good analysis there. What I wanted to get to is that I know that he's a fifth-round pick and he's going to start off on special teams, I think he's going to be a starter one day. That's how good he is. His football IQ. And he doesn't have, like Bennett said, he doesn't have those skills right now. He's not an NFL-level starter yet. But guys like this dude, oh. walk-ons, chip on their shoulder, um, super athletic, good tackling, like, as Bennett mentioned. And he's a good athlete. Yep. Really, really good athleticism, Mike. So I, I mean, I love this pick. Freshman, sophomore year, redshirted, was reserved his junior year, came on his senior year and just killed it last year. And... Um, when it comes to maybe being like a weak side linebacker, he could probably play that this year, you know, even though he's a rookie in some packages because he's so quick. And he's someone if we have injuries because he's fast enough. Um, I don't know exactly how good he is in the coverage game. I won't lie, but with the speed that he has, you think he'd probably be able to cover pretty decently with some of those fast running backs out of the, out of the backfield with a really fast tight end. So I really, this, this pick I really gave a good grade to. Made a trade earlier in the day. Made a few different trades earlier in the day. They slid down in the fourth round ended up getting themselves an extra pick in the fifth round. That's the reason they were able to get this pick and get this player to begin with. So good job by Mackie Mac right there.
3: Yeah, yeah. I, I really am happy with this pick. I wasn't sure when they first got him, but it's funny. I've been listening to some of the Jet podcasts, and I'm I'm not going to name names. Uh, it's not CJ and the Jets Factor podcast. They would never talk about this, but this is other podcasts, and they're saying,
1: why did we draft a linebacker? We already have all this depth.
3: You know, this, we need to draft for holes. We have holes in the draft. Hey, buddies, guys, listen. You do not draft to fill immediate holes, okay? That's how you mismanage a town game for the future, not the current. Free agency is for the current. Can you get that through your guys' head? I listen to these (coughs) these shows, and they're like, "We have five linebackers, and and okay, you know, like you have teams that have quarterbacks, and they draft a quarterback because they say three, four years down the road, he's going to take over for this guy, like like a Ryan Finley that went to the Bengals, right? Okay, so so relax, guys. This is not you. Do not draft to fill immediate holes. So please. I just, it gets so annoyed when I hear these people.
2: I think it's a mixture of both. I think if, you know, if, if you're... If you're, for instance, well, the Cardinals yeah, obviously better. didn't draft yeah. this year for media holes, right? Because they right. had Rosen, but they drafted a the quarterback. Right. So Mike's, Mike's, Mike's theory, Mike's theory is proven out through the entire draft. So Mike, as far as general managers go about things, what Mike just said is kind of their theory, so I might, I might disagree a- with that. Absolutely. But if he's a quality have player. He's yes, a player yes. that fits the need at that position. Right. And it fits, you do what you gotta do. Right. It's just don't force it. Don't draft a wide receiver that just to draft him to please the masses. When you can get a guy like Cashman that in the next couple of years might be developing, and three exactly. years from now might exactly. be something that that's, really makes an impact. That's how you it's just
3: project it's, pro, it's projections, you know? Because it's inefficient to build your team in free agency. It's inefficient. You're going to overpay for value. But if you can get a guy like Cashman, right? Like, let's two years from now, A.B. Williamson. We don't decide to pay him. Cashman has still got three years left on his deal. He just comes in and starts right away, right? So,
2: you know. Yeah, I mean, if he's got a skill level there for sure. Let's see what Ben has to say before we get into it about the final pick we had. Out of Rutgers, Blesson Austin from Queens, New York.
1: For the Jets' final pick in the sixth round with the 196th pick, the Jets select Blasón Austin, a 6'1", 198-pound junior cornerback from Rutgers University. Blasón Austin is a draft and stash project. He has the ideal size, length, and hands to be a corner that can play against any player. And instant starter at Rutgers as a freshman and a sophomore, he consistently got better and has a nose for the ball. But injuries were a concern every year after his freshman and sophomore years. He tore his ACL in 2017 and then he tore his ACL again in the same knee in the first game of the 2018 season. So the tape is inconclusive on Blasson. However. However, there was enough talent in his freshman and sophomore years of film for some teams to want to take a chance on him, which is why the Jets did. He displays great ball skills and limited action He's a willing tackler with solid technique for a cornerback.
2: He's a project. This dude, obviously the size, as he mentioned, is prototypical and a really good size for a corner. But Mike, the injuries he had, uh two different wasn't yeah. was to the same knee, Mike, or was it a different knee?
3: Yeah, I gotta got, a, I got a, yeah, I got a little bio on him. So Austin came into the 2017 season, came up with as a prospect that NFL scouts were looking at. He had 14 pass breakups as a sophomore, 41 tackles, one sack, an interception in 11 starts. Now, he started the first four games of his junior season and suffered a torn ACL, which ended his his entire it, it ended his season. Right um, then, he had 12 tackles, what one, one, and he had 12 tackles with one interception. Another knee injury occurring in twenty eighteen on it on the same knee, uh he had three tackles, two for a loss, one sack, one interception. So in both the games that he played, the only one game, he had it in in both those games. You could take that for you could take that for what you wanna take that for. Um but
2: (laughs) And basically that's I mean, basically that's what you get sometimes in these later rounds. You get guys that potentially could have been drafted much higher, right. but they have character issues and or they have injuries or some other off-the-field thing that affects where they get drafted. Yep. And this is a perfect example of that, someone that's going to have two ACLs back-to-back seasons yeah. that may or may or not have been a third or fourth-round talent or maybe higher than that if right. that didn't happen to him playing a ruckers at the size he has, his speed, he has good vision, um, good ball skills, and everything that uh, you know. had mentioned. The tape is kind of inconsistent because how much of it yeah, you really have exactly. of him, Mike, like you said. So this is the guy you take a chance on Because we need corners anyway So if you do get a hit If he does stay healthy You know, maybe it's someone just depth-wise When you play a dime back or something like that You throw in there if he's good yeah. enough But, you see what you see what but the, yeah, and pre-season. the
3: thing about him What is it? He's tall, he's long and athletic I know Mac loves tall cornerbacks He's got, he's twitchy He's got that twitchy burst to him And good vision and balance Look, you know what this pick told me? This pick told me that Mac feels very secure in his job Because this isn't a 2019 contributor. This is a guy who's going to be on the pup list, chilling, getting better. And we'll see him, you know, potentially competing in 2020, 2021. So either Matt got this guy for his replacement or he feels, Hey, I'm going to be around for a few years. We'll see Mr. Mr. Austin and see how he is in a couple years. But I'm not mad with this pick. The talent's there, right? What do we say in these later rounds? You got to take chances, take chances on variable guys with variables. Like character, like injuries who have talent. It's all about talent, man. I mean, I mean, you don't take big investments with guys that have bad characters or bad injuries, like a first round pick, but with these sixth round picks and the fifth round picks, you you swing. Get go after the talent. And and if the guy ends up becoming healthy, who knows? Could have struck gold, right? Before we get out
2: of here, you no, know, we try to break it down the best we could for everybody there for the draft this week. And the, the undrafted free agents now, there's a whole long list. I know they signed CJ Mosley's yeah, brother. They did. C.J. Yeah, Moseley. yeah, yeah. You know, have a chance to make the team. And I think the biggest name, or I should say, the guy that at least you have a little bio on because he actually was pretty highly rated, but just didn't get drafted <laughs> by any teams. Is that a Wake Forest receiver, Greg Dortch. Why don't Watch tell the Jet Nation about him. Greg
3: Dortch. Well, according to PFF, he had. The highest grade for a slot receiver since 2017, sliding in ahead of impressive names like Paris Campbell, AJ Brown, and even Hakeem Butler, the guys everybody wanted to get in that third round when everyone was like, oh, we should have got Hakeem Butler, like even Keith and I were talking about. He had a higher grade than him. He, This dude, Dorch, could be a kick returner, punt returner. This could be our Andre Roberts replacement right out of the gate.
2: Yeah, and his skills too when he played at Wake Forest when I looked, I was like, well, yo, this guy's actually pretty good. Good yep. route runner. Yep. Um, good hands. Has some decent speed. Rated ahead of a lot of guys that got drafted in I mean, their second, third, yes! fourth round. Yes! So, so far, and so far as pro football focus goes. So if the undrafted guys, you just want to throw it out there to Jet Nation. That's a name to take note of. Something that the interns went through today. Mike was Ooh. making sure.
0: Well, making that sure
2: that every piece of data, every undrafted free agent piece of data out there. You get it. And he, we come through with that for you, because we're the ABG podcast, and,
3: my- and I and I challenge any of the Jet guys, Jet Nation, Jet fans out there, go and look at this kid's tape. Just Google, just go on YouTube and look at this kid's tape. You will be so impressed with his hands. He's got one catch where he's he they throw the ball up, he goes one handed dive, just catches the ball. I mean, his control, his speed. I'm not saying he's going to be some superstar for us, but who knows? Look, we got Robbie Anderson undrafted, right? Let's see what happens. 5'8,
2: 175. So we know what his role will be. Not that you can't be a shorter receiver and be good, but he's a guy that's a typical slot receiver. And you hope we got a steal there because we got Crowder too. So you have two guys that you can attack the slot with. And you have Herndon. And you have Le'Veon Bell you have to count for out of the backfield. Teams are going to have to be like, all right, to make sure the middle of the field is locked down. Right. And then a guy like Robbie Anderson is going to be able to operate down the field. A guy like Anun will be, will be able to operate down the field. If we had a clear-cut, real, legitimate number one receiver added to this offense, I think it would be even at the next level. Oh, yeah. Well, it just kind of goes without saying, right? But just gonna, we, kinda, we had a lot of these other spots filled with the position with the skill players, I should say. Right. We're getting better and better. We're growing. I think the draft overall, Mike, went pretty decently. Most of the picks I was pleased with. Wesco is to be determined with me. I'm not really sure with that one, but top of the draft. Love it. Love polite. Love Williams. We'll see what happens. And,
3: the and you know what? And look at this, you know, and I don't want to, I don't mean to get back into this conversation, you know, because it's very contentious, but Mike Quinn Quinn Williams, Jamal Adams, Sam Darnold, you know, if you want to say Leonard Williams, whatever. But those three guys, I mean, wow. Wow, potentially, right? That's our cornerstones. I mean, you could say they fell to him. You could say whatever you want. He drafted them. Like, he drafted those three cats. If those three cats end up being what we think, wow. Yeah, I mean, it's tremendous. How you
2: look at the resume that is at with his draft history, which isn't good, it's top-heavy.
0: Right. He landed
2: the last couple years, he made the trade to move up for us to get Sam. If he doesn't make that trade, we don't have him on the team. Right. So you have right. to give him credit for that. Um, Quentin Williams just was there when we went to draft. So t- to most people, I mean, some people might have went a different way and tried right. to get silly with it. Yeah, they, 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 they got Josh they Allen. Did some ridiculous they like what the Raiders did, which is take Cleveland Farrell just, at four, where exactly. it seemed like there was better prospects on the board. Maybe they know something that we don't know. Um, but he didn't do
0: that But that's
3: but that was my point That was my whole point That when I was When I was on the phone With you guys and CJ Like McKagan He's not the, a good drafter And I, I agree with you guys But he doesn't make Stupid decisions Like drafting Daniels Jones Six overall I don't know If If they got rid of Mike We would get another General manager That would go ahead And take A Ed Oliver Over At the third pick Do you know what I'm saying Like I don't know I, I could trust Mac that in that first and second round, he's going to go ahead, well, I can not even say second because of Hackenberg, but in that first round, he's going to take the safest player. And that feels at least comfortable for me. I mean, again, he's not the best driver, I understand, but I'm very happy with what he's done in the first round.
0: How do you feel, Wookiee? How do you feel about the Jets, Wookiee, right now? I think you guys did well. I think you guys did very well. Yeah, did we get?
2: Did we get your? your, We already got you to react to Daniel Jones, right? Yes, yes. Uh, I didn't know if I got your. I I have no
0: choice. I'm tied to Daniel Jones now. Yeah, for the next. So that's your guy. That was so. The other picks, I was, I I was happy about the other picks. I think we did all right with. uh, Yeah, Dexter
3: Lawrence, Dexter Lawrence, and then getting the quarterback. Yeah, I thought those were decent.
2: I know that the Vegas odds right now have Miami as the worst team in the league. The, the longest odds to win the Super Bowl is the Miami Dolphins. Giants aren't that far behind. No, I don't be. think they're at that level though. I think they're going to be a little better than we will think. But Jets are a little hot. Some places yep. out there said seven and nine, eight and eight. Drafts in the books now, so you know our defense at least on paper looks like could be pretty decent out there because we have Marcus May, Jamal Adams. That boy is good. I mean Johnson out there at corner. The defensive line now we got Leo. We got Quinn in coming from the edge. We got Jenkins. We got Jakai Polite in the middle. We have CJ Mosley. That boy is good. We have Avery Williamson. That's a bunch of guys. Not bad, not bad. That's a whole dude, bunch of guys. That's a, squ- a squad. And I'm not saying every single one of those guys is a pro bowler, but a couple of them are. Oh, that's and good. that's legit, man. If those guys play together with that Greg Williams scheme. That could be a real, real formidable defense next season.
3: I agree, Keith. I really do. And I'm going to tell you right now in the second cornerback, maybe our hole right now, but let's see if. Let's see. I, I'm hearing whispers that we could trade for Trey Wayne. So I'm hearing whispers. I, I understand now that McCagnon sees the corner as a bigger hole than center because all of us are really scared with Harrison, but. The fact that he was going to trade up thirty spots to get Rocky in—would you would you have agreed with that if they if we did that? <laughs> well,
2: I mean, yeah, because it addresses gives you uh, obviously a player that people highly touted or right. decently touted uh, corner, but it also it fills. You, know, you say don't draft for need, but that's that's a pretty glaring need for us. And also, it a is. player that we could get at that spot that fits it at the same time. So it kind of works on both sides. Oh, yeah. Or, well, you yeah, had to move yeah. up 30 spots to get him. So, I guess they you kind of fast forwarding a whole round to get him. But that's going to be the hole going in with the defense, is that second corner spot. We all know that now. Maybe that's why I took a yep. shot on this kid. Maybe some guys in, the, in preseason will show out and maybe be a little bit better than we think they're going to be. Look, I'm
3: praying Derek Jones, man. Yeah, Derek Jones, is let's time. go. He's going to get a let's shot. go, and buddy.
2: Maybe once. I don't think Claiborne. Did Claiborne sign anywhere yet? No,
3: but we, but they. Mac already said that he would not be a. To getting him back, he's nursing a little injury right
1: now, but we may end up signing uh, him back. Actually,
2: once the preseason comes and they see what his health's looking like, maybe he's someone you could bring back just because not that he was elite last year, but he didn't play that bad the year before that he played really good. All right, guys, that's another amazing edition of the Easy Being Green podcast. Now, Michael, if anyone wants to get at us tweet at us, listen to the show, support us in any way, shape, or form.
3: Where can they do that? Uh, Well, we're hosted on the Elite Sports Radio Network. You can find us on SoundCloud and iTunes and iHeartRadio, Spreaker.com. Please follow us on Facebook at Radio, on Twitter at aebg underscore podcast, and on Instagram at jet.aebg.
2: You heard the man. On behalf of Uh, Michael Agaris and the big stinking Wookiee, my name is Keith Farrell, signing off for this week. Talk to you guys next time. Peace out. Are you ready? Can't wait.
0: The New York Jets. we beat meet day in the world, and I think we're going to win next Sunday. The, the New York Jets.
1: I think Jet fans. Jet fans. Bird! Brady Bird. very passionate.
0: Bird. Bird. Thank you, all you fans. They got their guys. Darnold falling to the Jets. Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold.
1: That's such an upside. Darnold. I think Jeff fans. Very passionate. Brady sucks.